Have you ever been on a game show? In North America, maybe it's Jeopardy or The Price is Right, or maybe the 1% Club in the UK. Would you rather be on a game show or take part in a tabletop exercise? If you said game show, then come on down. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 107 of the Resilient Journey podcast presented by the Resilience Think Tank. I'm your host, Mark Hoffman, and this week I'm joined by someone who is becoming one of my favorite people in the industry, Don Grisena. On this week's episode, we talk about using game days as a way to build muscle memory when it comes to resilience. Game days are a fun, low-stress way of generating innovation and an enjoyable approach to tabletop exercises. If you've never thought about the concept of playing a game to teach business resilience, then this episode is for you. Dawn explains how game days resonate with her teams and generate a buzz throughout the organization. Dawn, welcome to the podcast. I'm happy to have you here. We've done a couple of things together, but uh, obviously the first time you've been on here. Take a minute, please, and introduce yourself to the audience. Yeah, thank you, Mark. So it's good to see you again. So I am Dawn Grisena. I am somebody that's uh, been in the industry for a few years, and I do operational resilience. So I I'm pretty much have been in all sectors, you know, finance, tech, uh, real estate, and I am really good at going in and building out programs and maturing them or kicking them off around operational resilience. So, you know, it's 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 interesting field, right? We've been doing this, a lot of us, for a while. And what I love about it is the innovation that we seem to be taking on right now in the industry. So I'm um, very excited to be here and um, thank you for having me. It's a unique skill set, isn't it, to come into an organization where maybe they don't have anything at all around resilience and to build a program from scratch. That takes a certain type of skills, wouldn't you say? Yes, and a lot of patience uh, as well as you have to be willing to, uh, you, you know, just keep explaining what you do. Because what happens a lot of times, you get brought in when there's a situation, there's a reason that they're bringing you in. And it's usually they had a crisis that didn't go well. So there's a little bit of that panic, there's a little bit of that drama, and then they bring you on. And there's that struggle it's real where they are stressed and they want that program done now, right? And then you're brought in and you start working on it, but it takes time. Yeah, it's a ramp up. It's not a, so you can't flip the switch. No, and you have to take time to learn the culture that you were just brought into, right? You have that. to make sure that whatever you're trying to implement here isn't completely against the grain of the company. And it's it's an interesting twist. And so you have to really read the room. The other piece is you have to really hear what they don't say. And that's kind of a tricky piece because you're you're looking at all these other indicators and you're trying to coalesce it into a program. And sometimes it works and sometimes you keep going forward and you're like, no, no, we just need to... and. and you, you just need to really focus in on this one piece, but they're looking at like this incredible ocean that you, you're to resolve, right? Yep. And um, you're you're right to, to call out the, the context and the culture of the organization because you can't just go in and assume you're going to do 
the same thing here that you did at your last job. And one of the things that you have that is very, very good is that you're likable, you communicate well. And these are all things that are, you know, really required those soft skills. Yes, that's a big, big piece of this, right? And that's where, you know, if you don't come in with patience and you have to be the calmest person in the room all the time, right? And take the beatings because sometimes, you know, people are upset that it's not moving as quickly or this um, active shooter event didn't go as well in our response, right? And you have to also not only take the beating, but then provide that psychologically safe arena for all of the other crisis responders to come in and to build their plans out and be able to fail because it will happen. People make mistakes and be able to pivot without getting too beat up, right? And so you're also that person that's providing protection um, for a lot of folks as they're trying to get their sea legs under them, so to speak. All right. So the title of this episode is Let's Play a Game. And I like that. Um, so first, before we get too far into that, talk a little bit about how tabletop exercises have evolved over time. And then when it comes to a tabletop, what do you mean by this concept of let's play a game? What's that all about? Yeah, I just remember, I mean, and you you and I have been in this arena for a while, right? But I remember back in the day, we would do these tabletop exercises and it really came down to we would, people would walk in with their red binders or their laptops and we'd sit around a table and you are, it's like reading a script for a TV show that you're going to do. People didn't really always take it seriously. It wasn't real, but more importantly, it wasn't helping to build muscle memory. These were always annual, right? So, and you would have different players and you didn't always have the right people in the room, you would have your executives. So it turned into, well, wait a minute, we're having these crises. Why are we not responding well? And, or why are we missing some key players or, you know, we've got gaps. So as I sat with this and I heard a few conversations and talks around this of like, hey, we need to have chaos days or we need to have game days. And, and I got really entranced with that because it took that whole concept of old school tabletops and it then, because really you, I think the question you have to ask is what did you learn when you sat around the table and you're going through your 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 plans? Because when in those tabletop exercises, a lot of time, people didn't always record the learnings. There were no corrective actions on any findings, or if there were, it was very limited because people weren't engaged, right? There's boredom sets in and you're like the kid in the back of the classroom, right? You know, just throwing things and getting in trouble. So you have to make it fun. And that's where the game days comes in. If you make it engaging and challenging and fun, a lot of people are going to get engaged, right? They're going to want to be a part of this. And it, it you know, it's, it, it doesn't appeal to everybody, mm -hmm. but it appeals to a lot because suddenly you're not just sitting in this same boring meeting talking about, oh, let's whiteboard a few things. You're actually playing Jeopardy or Monopoly, right? You know, is how I run it. You really are 
playing the game. And, you know, there's different ways to do that, which we can always talk about. But the when you're looking at the game days, it's really important. And I, I wrote this down. One, it for me that I've seen, it alleviates the stress where you don't have to be perfect. People are walking in like, all right, let's let's play, you know, uh, whereas on the old tabletop exercises, there was such a high level of stress of a test that, oh, my gosh, I'm going to get graded. And, and and people would come in with such anxiety. So mm. this helps, you know, tone it down a little bit. Right. Yeah. And then it really flips that script of hey, we're just playing a game. It's all good. You know, like you just kind of ease them and you create that safe, that psychologically safe place, right? And it really pushes people then they're going to have fun, but they're still solving hard problems. We're still talking about what do we do in the case of a war? What do we do in the event of, you know, a six plus earthquake in Tokyo, right? Hmm. So it's still getting into those hard questions. However, people are getting a little bit more creative because what's happened in our industry too is that as we go through these tabletops and the game days, we're not always innovating because people are afraid to. But suddenly when it's just a game, people come up with amazing, amazing solutions. The other piece is um, because it's fun, you can do them more often, which is important. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Instead of doing them like on an annual basis, um, it, you know, what I've done in the past is we have them quarterly. And, you know, and then turn it a bit into a self-service mm -hmm. for those teams that want to do more on their own, which is really one of your success metrics out of it. But, you know, you're able to create a quarterly exercise schedule without a lot of stress. Um, well, stress is relative, right? Like we're the ones creating it. So we have a lot of pressure to do it right. Mm -hmm. However, people, you'll notice your attendance and that engagement increases. All right. So I have two things that I want to follow up on that. First, the first one, the, the main thing that really jumps out at me here is that you are the girl that when I was a kid, my parents wouldn't let me hang around with you because you're the one sitting in the back throwing things at people and we would have been right next to each other. And I think we would have been at the principal's office probably way too much. And I could hear my mom saying, you were with Dawn again, weren't you? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I think that you would have been a bad influence on me. The nice thing about that is now I think you're a good influence on me. So I really like that. So the second thing I wanted to, to take out of that uh, a little bit more seriously was the, the whole concept here of playing a game. So you, you talked about Jeopardy. You talked about Monopoly. Let's let's do it in the form of Jeopardy. So I did a business continuity Jeopardy one time, and uh, we have a, a fair number of listeners in the UK, and this was for a client in the UK, and it didn't resonate that much because culturally it didn't connect like it does like Jeopardy would with North American audiences. So I guess the first thing I want to ask is, how do you pick the right game? Yeah, and then. Is it just traditional Jeopardy at that point, or is it you ask a question and then there's discussion? So kind of walk me through that a little bit. 
So that is an incredible point, right? You have to be culturally in tune. So what I've done in the past is, uh, and, and I'm doing it now for another uh, one of my teams, is I'm going on YouTube and in different research elements to say, what's going on in this country? What are the best TV shows? What are the most popular? What is that culture like, right? Um, and, you know, if, if I were looking at London, one of the things that I might do is the Great British Baking Show. Sometimes sure. it will be not a game. You do a TV show and they all know that. Right. Um, it, it, they may not watch it, but they know the theme. They understand what's going to happen. And that's really what you're looking for. It's not so much about following that game specifically, but it's making sure that there's resonance and that they can follow you along, right? Like Jeopardy doesn't land in the UK. Right. Uh, and so that's really important. You have to, you know, do two things, do that research and make sure that you're really aligned. But the other piece is be ready to pivot quickly. If you are reading the room and that is not landing, you know, just admit it and say, you know what, you guys, I, I, I feel like, this really isn't landing and maybe yeah. talk about that a little bit and then move on, right? Just acknowledge the elephant in the room and then ask for grace and people will give it as long as you're forthright. That is the key is be authentic, be honest and just say, Hey, look, this didn't work. Um, we'll get it better next time. But for now, let's just stick. Now I do also a lot of graphics and I'll, you know, make it interactive. And so sometimes that just doesn't matter. You know, um, an example, if we go away from Jeopardy is we look at the prices, right? And, you know, that's not known all over the world. And sure. this one country I was doing it and they were like, we have no idea what this is, but we are now fans because we made it interactive. And I said, okay, just pick a, you know, somebody hit their screen and we control it. But, you know, they would see the Plinko ball going down and that it was enough for them to be engaged. And then it would land on the topic that we wanted to talk about. And that's the other piece is the game is just a tool in the toolbox or the, the theme, if you will. Mm -hmm. And then it's just there to help you open up the dialogue. I mean, it, it's you are talking about, you know, we're, we're talking about tough conversations, right? Sure, we're talking sure. about wars or fatalities, or extraction services, business continuity, and it, and it can be a lot. So, you know, if that theme can help you move the conversations along, and get that muscle memory built, you've been successful. All right. I want to drill down and to get specific here for a minute. So you were talking about the British baking show or whatever it is. I've never watched it. I know what you're talking about to a degree, but I've never watched it. But, you know, they always have all of these different, the food network or whatever it is, they'll have Halloween baking challenges where they lay out a specific challenge, right? And it might be, you have to make something amazing with these three ingredients. Yeah. So if we were to do a crisis management baking challenge, would we do something like that where we would have 
maybe a couple of people together as a team, and we would say to them, okay, we need you to develop a crisis response and your scenarios are these three ingredients. Is, 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 am I on the right track with that or have I missed the point completely? No, I think you're spot on. And and what I love about that and, and what we've done um, at other companies or what I've done at other companies is exactly like that, where, you know, we'll bring in and we'll have like maybe three different, very focused scenarios or ingredients and say, okay, so now what? And then it, because it's on Zoom, right? Um, mm -hmm. Or whatever your virtual thing is. And then you break them out into rooms and allow them to kind of work the problem. But the key is give them limited time right? Because you want them to think quickly, you want them to train to respond and move. And so you bring them back, and you have to have them work together. The real piece to game days, for me, it's, it's all about the muscle memory, but it's also about relationship building. Mm -hmm. We dive into these conflicts. And it's the worst of time for the company for people. And then we expect everybody to know how we respond. So I push that envelope too to say, okay, you were in the breakout room. What did you come up with? And right. then you watch to also see like, how are they responding to everybody else who might be pushing back? Um, and that's the other piece is sometimes, you know, like when you look at uh Wall of Chefs, which is a Canadian show, right? And it's that same thing. They open, they're like, here are your three ingredients. And then they get judged on whether they did a good job on that recipe or not. And when, you know, these people come back, there's judgment. I mean, that's just a natural part of people, but it's how do we address that and what kind of dialogue happens? So the, the thing is, I think game days can be a bit harder for those of us that are practitioners because we're not used to always pivoting that quickly in these tabletops, right? We've been, most of us have been trained a very specific way to do this. Yeah. And this is a different way of thinking. And it's it's all about pivoting. And you, you know, it was unintentional, but it goes back to the first conversation we started at the top of the show about those soft skills and be able to communicate and being able to, to read the room. And uh, you talked about it for building a program, but it's uh, certainly true when it comes to running a game day. So uh, I'm going to get to planning here in a second, but I still want, I'm still stuck on Jeopardy for a second. <laughs> so for those who don't understand, Jeopardy is a game where there's six different categories and there's five questions in each category of increasing dollar values. Um, and so is that how you do it? Do you still pick a certain number of categories and then multiple questions? So tell me about the content then of the questions. What are you doing? Yeah, so it's really, you know, it, it, you know, you, what we have to realize is when we're doing this is that we're controlling. It's not like when uh, any of the people that are participants, you know, I'll ask them, click on, you know, hey, can you just go ahead and hit that ball and let's see what it lands on or pick a question. Like we know on the 
those of us that are planning, we've chosen the questions and we've chosen the responses, right? So we're the producers of this right. TV show. Right. So what we'll do is we'll, um, we've got people that are planted, right? That's always a part of it in case people are too shy to raise their hands. And we'll have, you know, we'll just start it out and we'll have somebody play the host and saying, okay, you know, you're, let's see, we'll pick this team. All right, HR, choose what you want to work on. And, you know, most likely all of the buttons behind it are exactly what we want. And then they choose it. And then we start the conversation. Now, you have to also make sure that you're rewarding people right? And rewards can happen in different ways. We always think, oh, we need money, but that's not always the case. Make sure that when somebody is really coming out of their comfort zone or they've chosen the category and they've, you know, really hit the mark on how they feel should be responded, acknowledge that. Mm -hmm. And when somebody is really struggling, don't let them sit there and struggle, give them a helping hand and make sure you applaud them as well. Right. You've got to do that. That's right. Because at the end of the, uh, at the end of the game, it's about increasing knowledge and building that muscle memory. And that's why like electrical shocks for bad answers is probably not a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I got in a lot of trouble on that one. So yeah. I pull up, you know, and well, chocolate cookies help. Especially if HR was one of the contestants, yeah, you can't, yeah, you maybe with engineering or something, but but not with HR. All right, let's talk about planning this then. Uh, if we were planning a traditional tabletop exercise, we would have specific objectives. We would know what success looked like. And the reason we do things like that is we don't want to get to the end of it and go, yeah, I guess that felt pretty good. No, you have to know what your objectives are. Right. How is that similar or different for this? You know, it's very similar. You really, the only thing that you're doing differently here is that you're turning on a different part of individuals' brains. You're getting into that creative, that play, that, you know, we, we're going to figure this out together type of, uh, you know, thought mentality. You still need to put time and effort in to what exactly are we trying to do here? Are we trying to train our crisis response teams on how to deal with an active shooter, right? All right, now what does success look like when we're looking at that? Are we looking at engagement? What kind of metrics are we looking around this? And, you know, what findings do we have? We're gonna, if you've done your job well, and I'm a firm believer of this. And mm -hmm. I tell my leadership all the time, if I walk out of a tabletop exercise or a game day with no findings, I haven't done my job, right? We should be right. always pushing that envelope to say, okay, what are the findings? So I, you know, tell when we do our sizings or when we're trying to figure out capacity, I put in 30 hours to 50 hours per game day that needs to be, you know, planned. And why I do that is that you have to run the end-to-end -end process, the objectives, the execution, but you also have the after-action items and the retrospective. Yep. Right. 
So, um, you know, in a lot of ways, the only thing that's different about this is that one, we're dialing back the scope a little bit so that we can actually get this done within an hour, maybe 90 minutes mm -hmm. rather than a whole day or, you know, several hours. And we're putting themes into it, whether it's a game or a TV show, you know, I've done ransomware exercises and it was the matrix. And, oh. um, you know, and you just to, you know, really what you're trying to do is get engagement out of that. Now, the other piece to this that I think is super important to do is at the end of this, you need to show gratitude. Okay. Came, they did their thing. And, you know, you can always email their bosses and say, hey, these people did a great job. But I also think it's really cool to go out on their LinkedIn and say, hey, everybody. And you tag all those people and say, you guys were amazing today in oh, our wow. exercise. Thank you so much. That's and, a great idea. It's a great yeah. idea. You know, I mean, I, I try to do it. I haven't um, in my current uh, company, I haven't had any game days, but, you know, they listen to this, they'll expect that, right? But it's it lands really well because when was the last time you got a really cool boost on your LinkedIn? Right? That is a really cool idea, Dawn. I really like that. So yesterday I did a workshop at a conference in Toronto and it was about responding to a cyber attack. And I had the audience uh, write up a press release. And then what I did was I brought three people from the audience up and I asked them to present it like they were the company spokesperson. And then everyone else around the room got to ask them questions. And yeah, it took them out of their comfort zone a little bit, in some cases a lot. But the reward they got was the applause from their peers because they did a really, really good job. Now, sometimes in these game days, you're going to push people out of their comfort zones, right? Absolutely. I, I mean, I hope so. You yeah. know, the more you can push people out of their comfort zones, myself included, I think the better responders we are. Well, you're not going to be comfortable during a crisis. No, you're not. So when you're doing these game days, what's typically the response? I mean, are do executives buy into this? Do you get any pushback? What do you kind of see when, you know, from your participants? Yeah, I, I brought up game days at, at a company and um, several of the VPs and higher ups were like, those are tabletop exercises. Nobody uses the word game days. So no, I said, okay, um, let's start out with this. And so you have to really meet your leadership in your participants where they're at. If they're too uncomfortable with that word, use the word tabletop mm -hmm. and do what you want to do, right? And, you know, just create it the way that you want it to be. And when people push back, I let them push back maybe on two of the game days because what ends up happening is that when that game day is done, they're recorded. Uh, you know, I send out an after action report saying who was there, who wasn't. And that's where that gratitude comes in. Yeah, People start seeing like, hey, this wasn't as horrible as I thought. And look at everybody is like, there's this community building or these people are really coalescing and getting along. And oh my God, they have something on LinkedIn of a thank you. And they got called out at the town hall. 
in a really positive way, right? And so what his what I've seen is that peer pressure kind of starts kicking in about the second time that you're doing this. The first one, I let it go. I let people complain. And if I need to, depending on who the person is, I'll escalate up to say they really must be in the room. But then I take special time with them too, right? I try to make sure that I under they understand that I know that this is a tough thing for them for whatever reason, right? Sure. Uh, and then, you know, the second one, you know, I amp it up. And then by the third time, people seem to be, hey, I'm ready. When is the next game day? And I've had teams who have said, we're going to do more. Do you mind? Oh, I love that. Yeah. And But are you doing exclusively game days? Or are you also working in some traditional tabletops in here as well? Right now, it's just game days because it's very, you know, small chunks. Um, I think we're kind of walking away in the industry a bit. Um from those traditional tabletops. Hmm, interesting. Um, and I, I honestly think that might be the right decision because when you make them to be so monstrous, you know, people are stressed out enough as it is. Yeah. So they're not gonna, they're not gonna learn. They're not gonna cement the knowledge. And that's really what our objective is, is for people to understand how to respond. Um, but to do that in a digestible way that we're not terrifying people because we have to be candid. We have heavy topics. Yeah. I was just going to say, we have such a serious topic. Um, I'm writing a playbook right now for a client on uh, critical injury and fatalities in the workplace. And like, you know, you, you, yeah. you can't lighten that up very much. It's a, it's a pretty dark topic. All right. Here's the hard question. I hope you're ready for it. I think you yeah. are. So if you had to choose a song that would be played whenever you walk to the podium, you walk into the room, here comes Dawn, what song would you pick and why? Yeah, I mean, you saw me dancing. Um, I, yeah. right now, what I would be, you know, putting on that is uh, Imagine Dragons, uh, Whatever It Takes. Oh. I, you know, I, one, I'm a big fan of them and I'm a big fan of music, but one, I just look, cause I feel like that's why we need to come in lately in our industry is whatever it takes, we're here, we're going to do this. And it's just got a real good upbeat. So you get your adrenaline going a little bit and that's kind of what we need. And I can't do maybe some mellow music when we're in this crazy times that we're in. So that would be the song I would do. Right. Don, this is fascinating. Thanks for doing it. Hey, how can people connect with you uh, to, to learn more and to just say hi? Yeah, absolutely. I'm huge on LinkedIn. I am on it all of the time. Feel free to reach out to me. You can also email me at dawn.grizena at outlook.com. And I also have a website that I'm working on called Before the Crisis. You can nice. reach me that way as well. I like that. Don, thanks for doing this. I appreciate you being here. Yeah, thank you. This was a lot of fun. Take care. I want to thank Don Grizena for being my guest this week and talking to us about game days and an innovative approach to tabletop exercises. The Resilient Journey is a Resilience Think Tank production. Speaking of the Think Tank, 
I want to make you aware of an exciting workshop that's coming up on the 15th of November. It's part of our career game planning series. It's called The Power of Personal Branding. This one is going to be run by Malena Meneva and Lisa Jones, and I promise you, you don't want to miss it. We have another great guest lined up next week as Nicole McNeil is scheduled to join us. We talk about physical security and resilience. So join us, won't you, as we continue our resilient journey. Falling too fast to prepare for this. Tripping in the world could be dangerous. Everybody circling his vultures. Negative, nepotist. Everybody waiting for the fall of man. Everybody praying for the end of times. Everybody hoping they could be the one. I was born to run. I was born for this. With, with.